Hello and welcome to the Stress Sessions Mental Health Podcast with me, Luke. You're listening to Series 5, Episode 1. And yeah, I'm back. I'm back with a new series after about almost half a year now. The last one that I put out, I think, was in April. April, not April, October. Um, and that was with Fres Hilton, the last episode of Series 4. But yeah, I'm back with a new series. Got some great guests. Today's guest, amazing. Loved speaking to him. But yeah, I've had a little break. Been working on my mental health. Been having some counselling for some stuff. And yeah, I'm, I'm excited to put these out because I've been recording again for a little while. Uh, this one got recorded about a month, a month or so ago. So I've been sitting on it for a little little while while, I've, while I get a few more episodes in the bag. But yeah, this, this episode is with Wilfred Webster from BBC One's The Traitors. And if you haven't watched The Traitors already, then just go and watch it now because there's a few spoilers in this. So just to give you a quick background on what Traitors is about, there was 22 contestants who all arrived as faithfuls, hoping to share a prize fund of up to 120 grand. On the day they went into the game show, some of them became traitors who were selected at random by the host Claudia Winkleman. If the faithful contestants eliminated all of the traitors, they would share the overall prize fund. But if any of the traitors made it to the end, they won the money instead. And there was points throughout the day where, for example, traitors came together in the evenings and they got the chance to banish one of the faithfuls so their numbers would dwindle and at the end of each day before that happened the players would all participate in a round table where every single person every single contestant would vote for one person to vote out of who they thought was a traitor which obviously the traitors also took part in the person who received the most votes for banishment is then banished from the game and must reveal their affiliation. If a traitor is eliminated, the remaining traitors may be given the option to recruit a faithful to join them, and if the faithful accepts, they become a traitor from that point on. That's just a really brief background, but you'll need to watch the show to sort of understand it properly. It's it's a bloody great concept. Half the chat is based on traitors and how Will dealt with his time on the show and how his mental health was on the show. Again, few spoilers. The second half of the chat is about Will's personal life and his family and stuff that he does on a sort of day-to-day basis. So let's get into it. I'm going to just let you listen to it. So without further ado, here is the stress sessions with Wilfred Webster. Welcome to the Stress Sessions, Wilfred Webster. How's it going, mate? Good, man. How are you? Yeah, very good, thank you. Very good. Good, good, and good. For, for people listening to the show that 
might not know who you are. I mean, I know who you are because I watched the, the the traitors and it was bloody amazing. But can you tell me who you are and a little bit about yourself? Right. So my name's Wilfred Webster um, slash Will slash Wilf from the traitors. Um, yeah. So BBC show, you've probably seen it. If you haven't um, take a watch, it's a good watch. Um, a bit about myself. So I am a fundraising manager for a, a large charity. So I, yeah, I've managed all face-to-face -face activities with this charity, which is pretty good. So that's what I do. I've got two kids and a wife. And yeah, there's, yeah, I think we're going to talk more about my story at some point about what I've done in my life. So I don't want to go into it now and tell you everything, but, but yeah, that's a brief over oversight of my life at the moment. And what is the one song that puts you in a really happy, positive mood? Ooh, at the moment? Whatever you want. Bugsy Malone, Out of Nowhere. The only reason is, is because I feel like I've come out of nowhere now. Like, all of a sudden, like, I walk down the street and people are excited to see me and stuff like that. But it came out of nowhere and that song's like, gives me a good vibe. Um, but ultimately, anything Motown, man. Like, anything Motown gets me in a good mood. Um, but yeah. So I think music's like a really big, well, for me, a big part of my, my mental health. So I, I love going to the gym and putting on some like run the jewels or something like that. So I can just go and like do some lifting, like do a bit of running. And for me, music's really emotive. So I love, I love asking that question just to see what people say, really. I think music's really important in terms of mental health because I think you should never, never flee away from your mental health. Like this is how I've, like in my life it's like if you're sad sometimes it's okay to be sad it's okay to listen to some sad music and get a bit upset and sometimes it's a relief after you feel better because you've had a cry do you know what i mean so music in a positive way like is always positive in any way you use it like and you can yeah you can enhance your feelings to what you're doing at that time and it can help you but you can also fall in a, in a trap of it sometimes but you have to know I think learning about yourself is really, really important when it comes to mental health and knowing if it's the right time to be upset in terms of like, are, am I in this hole? Am I in this depressed hole now? Or am I just a bit upset because I'm thinking, like for me, like sometimes I get upset about my nan um, and I think I wish she was there at my wedding. I wish this, I have a little cry and I'm fine. And it's a good piece. But then sometimes you can fall in this trap of like just always being down, but you need to know when that that's there so it's important to understand your own mental health in my in, that's in my experience anyway i think your, your brain's really good at tricking you though isn't it into thinking like oh i'm in this really like deep dark hub like you said and it's the, the way i look it up the way i try and look at it now is that every day's a different day and you might feel shit one day but the next day might be amazing so Ooh. it's 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 kind of a bit like you just need to take each day as it comes really don't you yeah it's it's important like like for me, so for someone like, so I'll be honest. So my life, I am, um, so why have I can't come off camera? I don't understand. Oh, it's because someone tried to call me. Sorry. Um, yeah, I did tell people like not to call me, but you know, <laughs> people just do it to troll you nowadays. Um, but yeah, for me, it was like, right, I've lost my track of what we're talking about. Sorry, I've lost my sense of thought. What... So it was kind of like not, not being think, not thinking that you've been stuck in a hole of like depression sort of thing. Yeah, so I can't remember what I was going to say now. Sorry, I'm sorry, my mind's got blown. No, it's all right, mate. No worries. Oh, 
so one thing I really want to obviously traitors like traitors is massive and I when I started watching it I was a bit like what is this program like this and it for me it was this it was there was a hole in 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 TV and there was like a massive void to be filled and traitors was that yeah it just filled it Mate, and yeah amazing yeah. It, was, it, was, it was basically so you know when you I don't know if you'll be old enough to remember but it's kind of a bit like when big brother came on the scene and it was a bit like oh what is this program what's this reality tv show about and it was a bit like that and i i started watching i was like shit this is amazing it's such like a simple concept yeah how like the i'll get into the question i've just been like fanboying a little bit there (laughs) but you i mean like now you come across as kind of like a guy that wears his heart on his sleeve you're very like open and honest and when you got made a traitor in on, on like the first couple of days, you, I mean it's it's a it's a big pressure to put on somebody, and you must have been probably put completely out of your comfort zone, and it would have been completely out of character for you. How how did you feel when that happened? No, I wanted to be a traitor, right? I'll be honest, like I wanted to be a traitor because my whole thing is like I speak to people about charity all the time, and I've worked for I, I think on behalf of about different charities when I worked for agency so I I'm very good at like and I only work for a charity if I really believe in the cause um and you talk to people because I work face to face right you talk to people that have genuinely been through these experiences and I was able to support that person but not get too emotionally involved because you can't like because if you start getting upset and they're upset you know it's not professional and you're there to support these people right so I thought I could go in there and I'm used to talking to people and I train. So I've trained hundreds of fundraisers around the country to, to be able to speak to people and be passionate about what they talk about. And within two minutes, get people to give bank details for a direct debit, you know, like to inspire people. So I was like, I want to try and use these skills that I have for, for evil. You know, like I wanted to test them out, see if I could do it the other way. Like, and I thought I'd be able to switch off emotionally. I, I really believed that I could go in there and just be like, yeah, I'm not going to get too emotional. I'll be okay. And I'm quite an emotional person in life, um, especially since I had kids, actually. Um, but for me, it was like, yeah, I'm going to go in there and I'm going to do everything I can. I won't be too emotionally involved. And yeah, that wasn't the case. It was by far buying a house. Yeah. And the traitors are equal like they're the hardest things i've ever done in my life like they are the hardest things in terms of stress anxiety pressure like reminding yourself it's a game and yeah that's that was really really difficult but at the same time you're surrounded by people that like you're surrounded by a team like you, you've got a welfare team you've got your psychiatrist you've got the people there if you need to speak to them they're there and the thing is you can like these people are always around so you know like i don't know you go to the diary room on the way to the diary room you'll see these people just stand around and just their presence makes you feel safe because you know you can if you wanted to open up they're 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 so good they're like your friends you know because you've been talking to them for so long through the process and stuff so but yeah the pressure when she tapped me on the shoulder i was more excited than, than nervous but then when push comes to shove it was harder than what i thought like by far because you must have to be a pretty strong character to play that role as well. Because there, there was a few people in there that I feel like 
they they would not necessarily necessarily get found out straight away, but they wouldn't have been as good. And I think that the especially like you and Amanda, like as like double teaming everybody, it was like it was such good TV to watch. And I was a bit like, it it was it was really weird because there was more people that on the other team but I was just rooting for you and Amanda the whole time and I was it, it was just so, I was like why am I rooting for the bad guys it just it felt so weird but I was like it's, you two just came across so well it's great but well for me right I like I genuinely believe like I became a faithful in the day so I was like do you know what I'm just going to be me I'm not like if you go in there and you're a traitor and you let it get to your mind you're you're gonna you're not going to come off right. You're not going to be right. So for me, I was like, I'm just going to go in there. Like when I was a trait, when I got picked as a trait, I was like, I'm just going to play as a faithful and just have fun and enjoy myself. And like my life has been, I've always, and it's been like, oh, how can I describe it? Have you usually seen Robbie, Robin Williams, right? One of these, yeah, yeah. I have things that are going on in his life. I've always been a person that wants to bring joy to people around me. So I was like, I'm just going to do that. I'm just going to enjoy myself. But the dark, the darkness being a traitor is, is there, but I can use that strength of knowing that like to enjoy myself. But there were times, honestly, there was times where I'd be on a mission, having so much fun. And then I'd look down and I'd realize that I'm a traitor and I have to mess everybody up. Like, I don't know if you can swear on this podcast, but like, yeah, yeah, go for it. I was like, I'm going to fuck everyone over. Like, and then I'd feel really guilty. And then people would come up and go, Will, are you okay? And I'm like, yeah, it's just really overwhelming. Do you know what I mean? Like, but that was me. I had to play as a faithful and just enjoy myself. Um, seem happy-go-lucky, which I am as a person anyway. And want to find traitors. Like, and the thing is, in the end, I was not, not even in the end. In the beginning, I was looking for people that, that act like traitors and then... Uh, it's weird because I knew they weren't. It, it's a really strange experience. Because it, it was it was really interesting. Because I I mean, as a viewer, you you watch it and you're like, you know who the traitors are. But like like you said, you then you get then look at the other people and like, oh shit, they can be a traitor, but they're not. But they're acting suspicious, and it's like that happened quite a lot at the start, didn't it? Hey, where we had to look for the traitors, right? So when we was chosen as traitors. We didn't know who the other traitors were till the evening. So we still had a day as being a faithful looking for these traitors because you didn't know who he was working with. Like I genuinely thought, like I wanted John to be a traitor and I wanted, I can't remember, top of my head. Was it, it might have been Tom. It might have been Tom or, Tom or Faye. I think I had these three people that were really strong and I was like, yeah, we'd be great traitors. But, sometimes the stronger the people like that once you're in the game you're like oh the stronger people that don't last very long uh either get murdered or people think you're overplaying it so you get banished like i don't know it's a game of chance for faithfuls it's a game of chance like i don't know how they slept at night like i i struggled to sleep anyway let alone knowing if he was going to be murdered like yeah when I mean, you could see quite quite a few times where people sort of like crack quite early on, early on. I was you mentioned John and he, he made me so angry like watching it. I was a bit like, why is he acting like this? It could be anybody, and he's sort of going in hard on like a few individuals. I was a bit like, what an intense situation. But John, like I I genuinely believe like 
John's a he's a he's a nice guy. Like, and I'm not just saying this because we've all said we'll always support each other. But I think with John, I think what happened. You remember he got voted the most faithful on the wheel. I think that that made him a target. You know, because people because then the traitors, as I am a traitor, thought there's no way people are going to banish him. We have to murder him, and he knew that as well. So he's gonna you're gonna lose your head a bit. You're gonna like he was angry. And I, I don't agree with some of the things he said, don't get me wrong, but he, we all say things that in the heated moment. Like, mate, I said I was swearing all over your lives. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, come on, man. Like, we've all had these moments in our lives where we probably say things we don't necessarily mean. And it's just your, the, the front of your brain here takes over, your emotions take over, and you, you don't have that time. Like, in that game, you don't have time to really, relax and go what's the best decision to make here like every evening i'd go back to the lodgings where we were staying where like we was all staying in different places we'd go back to our own lodgings and i'd sit there and i'd write down everything that's happened and then i'd think like that was my downtime that was the only time i got to go what can i do next how am i going to do this and do that so but yeah it's a really intense game and i think some people like lost their heads at times and stuff like that but it's just the it's the nature of the game mate people like i'm pretty sure most of the people in the in this country or in the world have said something really bad to someone when they're playing monopoly like you know what i mean sure you've called someone a name thrown the board or did something like when you're playing a game but when you're literally i like to say it's like jumanji because you're inside this physical game like everything around you is part of the game it's not life it's and you're not you haven't got your phone and that sort of stuff. You're literally like, I don't know if you've ever done like a week without your phone and then you end up getting immersed in. Yeah. I did a, I did a week without my phone. It broke and I felt myself so much more productive and you get sucked into things more like Netflix or you watch a series, you get sucked in more because you've not got your phone to quickly check things. And like, that's what it's like. You, you don't have no phone. You're fully immersed in the game uh yes it's ridiculous man it's very very good but it's hard you got targeted quick pretty quite quickly early on didn't you as well what 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 did that feel like did you feel like not oh i've been found out show did did you get any like did it cause your anxiety or did, did you just sort of feel like I'm, I'm gonna deal with this just crack on um so i started getting targeted right and then I was able to save myself and get people to shrug it off. So, so um, you'll see the red breakfast, we call it. So episode four, the breakfast that everyone went mad. Um, that breakfast took a lot of pressure off me. So that's when, so the episode before people were looking at me, that episode, that day, they came in and then obviously Tom was like, Alex is my girlfriend. Like, and then everyone just went mad. It took the pressure off me. And that made me be able to get a plan tom broke Alyssa, so i was like he did like you'll see the bit where he says are you a traitor and she does this little thing with her hands like and like you see it and i was in the car with him and she broke in the car as well and it was like he knows she's a traitor and for me it was like there were so many people in the in the castle looking at Alyssa and me the only person I could really go for was Alyssa to convince enough people to vote for her. So, yeah. So, like, when people are on me, it's like, you have to come up with a plan, but not an emotional plan. Like I said, you don't get much time to think. 
but that day was planned like i knew people looking at Alyssa. i knew in the morning i have to gauge it but i had two plans one of them was vote with the majority but then i started thinking if the the majority vote for me Lissa and I know because basically Amos and Kieran came back the day before and they were at the round table but weren't allowed to be voted for and they watched people's reaction to Maddie saying my name and people laughed it off and they didn't like it so they were like let's just go with Maddie this once do you know what I mean like that that's what mm. that's what but then after that episode I didn't get voted for till the final episode yeah I noticed that at the round table because so I was like oh yeah keep Kieran and Amos are just like there that they were just watching they weren't looking at Claudia or anybody else it's just literally like watching every person's reaction just like looking around constantly it's mad well just think yeah you're a GP right um not not you but like Amos is a GP he's seen us all at the beginning all like hello how are you come back comes back episode five everyone's drank the kool-aid everyone's nuts and he's just like what is going on like he held my face once and was like are you okay? I was like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, it's just a bit nuts. I mean, you, you you did challenges as well, like in between the round table and just spending the day together. And obviously it would have been physically tiring, mentally tiring. What did you do in between? I mean, I don't know if you're allowed to talk about it, but is there anything you personally did to like chill out and cool down in between filming and like spending the time back on your own? So obviously we filmed near enough all day, bro. So there's no real time where you're not filming or, or mic'd up and stuff. So, but there are times that you've got to think, right? There's 22 people and they're trying to film so many segments that are important. They don't like, there's times where we are just sitting there and chatting about normal stuff, you know, like, and we're just, and like for me, um, like you have safety blankets and hannah was my safety blanket like she became my best friend and we'd sit there and like there's a scene where you see alex talking at the table and uh, the the they're playing pool or a snooker and you hear me and hannah in the background just screaming with laughter it's on my instagram right we're just screaming with laughter like there were so many times where we just sat there and chilled and had fun and had a laugh we'd play games and stuff like that so but in terms of being switched off from the game, it was quite hard, man, because we you're there all the time. Like, if you take a nap, if you, like, take a nap, people will be like, he's been up all night murdering. Do you know what I mean? Like, like people's paranoia is ridiculous. So it's just like, just, yeah, it was like, you have to be switched on all the time. But at the same time, we, uh, we were all just, we all would just chat a lot as well. And obviously that's boring viewers sometimes, just seeing us chat rubbish like not rubbish but just they like not even for viewers it's the time like you've got to think you have the breakfast you have reality mission reality round table then you have traitors like that's a lot to have in an hour do you know what i mean so they can't show us just having a laugh all the time they have to show the relevant things that are like that's the important things that are happening in with the important conversations and that sort of stuff I guess it's kind of like, do you watch Love Island? Do you know what? I only watch Tommy Fury's Love Island just because oh. I'm, I like I like Tyson Fury. So, yeah. So so for me, my wife watches it and I don't really, I don't know, you know, but I just filter out and in and just do stuff. But yeah, go on. What was you going to say about it? It's what The bits you were talking about, like the bits where you're like playing pool and having a laugh, mate, it seems like 
there needs to be a spin-off show for that just to show like the best bits like i do in love island i mean i don't watch love island my wife does and i get dragged into like bits and pieces of it but um what's that other one married at first sight man i love that i actually liked it i was like this is jokes like that enjoyed it in the end i was like oh my god what am i doing like because i'm not a big fan of reality shows so going on a reality show was it, it had to be something that i like and i enjoy and i believe in like i believe in just having fun and experimenting with something like all of reality shows are about love and when i seen this advertised i was like this is different like this is like you said it's original big brother stuff like just a social experiment that's how it felt yeah you know i mean throw these people in let them all get anxious like like we've got a team there that will support them if they do but let's just see what happens and it created the best tv and so much of it happened by chance like when we put alex yeah we literally put Alex on trial for no reason. It was a man going, just throw her on, see what happens. And then Tom stands up and I'm like, oh my God, like, it lit I can't even, oh my God, mate, that, that, the whole thing was just, a lot of it was chance. I just don't know how they'll do it again. I really don't. They will, like, if they, if they decide to do it again. But the magical moments were all so random do you know what i mean like it was a lot of it was chance so and it was heavily underproduced like like we didn't like they're just like get on with life and we're like okay so it's like do you know what i mean so we're just getting on and you don't really know you just get on with life uh so it was like and you you'd be surprised how quickly like you forget cameras are there like the first day you're like you look at cam but then you just forget and just get immersed in it and it's weird what did you do when like you went back to where you're staying in the evenings and like all the filming stops you've been demiked you're back on your own like did is there anything you did to chill out did you like read or like listen to podcasts or listen to music um we got back to our lodgings and so i i had a game boy and used to play pokemon on my game boy but we used to get back late and stuff so we didn't like i'd still have a little game just to decompress but i had a t-shirt saying it's just the game on it but it was backwards so you know every time i look in the mirror it's actually it's just the game so i had to, and i had a poster like a massive a1 poster that i put up as well saying it's just the game so i never i tried to stop feeling guilty when i got back and then i'd have 10 minutes of writing what happened and what i want to happen next and then I would, yeah, just play my Game Boy for for like half an hour and then try to get some sleep. It's hard to sleep, but like, and you get up, not, I wouldn't say that early, like the late of the nights, the, the late of the mornings. So they were like, oh, get up at, we'll be like, we'll pick you up at this time. Like, but it was really, they were quite, it was, it was hard because no one can really sleep, but you still, they still gave us enough time to try to decompress, which is nice. And I, I, mean, I don't know how much you're allowed to speak about it, but the, you've, you've already touched on the mental wellbeing team being in there and you you could go and speak to them whenever you wanted to. And it's kind of like a, a big brother die room sort of thing. Were mm. they kind of like, when were they like at hands up when there was like an argument or a fight? And it's like, how, how did you sort of use them? They're on site. So it's like, and knowing they're on site is a, is a big relief because, you know, like there was times where like i'll go into a miv like miv is like the big brother diary room right and you'd talk like and you'd get upset and then like you'd come out and they'd pat you on, like they'd talk to you and you know 
like it's really important to be able to have that but they're really really good better than what i thought actually because yeah you get worried like because somebody that suffered from mental health it was something that was like a bit it's important to me to make sure that they're doing it right um and they yeah like I, the team and the psychiatrist is the best you don't ever see these people but they're you know they're there it's so weird like it's it's a weird place but you know they're yeah they're really really good like really really are and you said that you you, you wanted to make sure that they were like the, yeah. the right people sort of thing have you used the therapist before and like have you had that experience so you could sort of compare or <laughs> so what you do is like obviously before the show like you go you go through several things and speak to several people and you have to meet the people that are going to be looking after you because they're the people that look after you in the in the whole scheme of things so they're the people that make sure that i don't know you've you're you're happy all the time you're happy like so these people like you speak to them a lot like before after like they're people they become like your friends man they they are and you know they're there to support you they don't they don't necessarily put production first they put your well-being first which i think is really important so they and then when you meet them beforehand because you have to meet them and get to know them because why are you going to trust someone with your mental health before you like during a show if you've never met them so like they are really really good honestly and i wouldn't just say that out of like i'm, I'm a advocate for mental health so like i just i wouldn't say it if i didn't genuinely mean it that's really good to hear because it's it's like when i know it's it's really good now but back in the day like they the contestants again go back to love island um, i don't know why i'm using love island as an example again but yeah but that, uh, that's yeah well, that's, i don't love island i don't know but they're, they're they've got more like even the presenter struggled do you know what i mean like yeah yeah i get it's, it it's and it's it's got so much better like now which which is amazing it was like even as a viewer even when you're watching claudia winkleman like she she got so involved in everything and you're like it must have affected her do, do you know what she's oh, she's sick man like i know when he, like meet you know like meeting a celebrity that don't forget like i don't know meeting somebody at that caliber you're you're like overwhelmed and whatever but then you realize she's a real person like she really is like with us she was so real like i was walking down the street right i was walking down the street and all i heard was will and i was like who the fuck's that i turned around to claudia winkleman standing there bro i smiled my life she's like what are you doing blah, blah, blah. we're just chatting man and like she's honestly she's so down to earth and such like a nice person um yeah she's yeah and like we're we're on dm what's it called what like text talk you can text the message her and she'll message you back and you can chat to her like she's not one of these people who just i don't know if there has been people like it because i've not really been in the scene long but people that host something and then don't care but like we can genuinely just message her and she'll message us back like which is nice you know knowing how busy she is and she's got kids as well and a husband and stuff so but yeah claudia's wicked it's, i've just never seen a tv show like that where the, where the host has got so involved in everything and it was just really like it's but nice massively involved like she was like she was like rooting for us it was so weird like, like it's so weird that she was like yeah like giving us clues like you see you see videos where she's trying to give us clues and you're like you're robbing money from bbc <laughs> but he was on it man brilliant honestly and and like i said a really nice person 
how how has it been since the show because obviously when you go back into the real world after doing something like that it must be a bit of like a head like, fuck <laughs> yeah it was a fucking head fuck sorry sorry my language but basically right um yeah so i'm at that fire pit right so this i'll, I'll tell you the ending right we're at the fire pit spoiler alert if you're, you're watching we're at the fire pit felt so relieved ran upstairs like you see me running up then you go back to your lodgings private taxi back to your house come through the door my wife's at work my kids are at school i sit on the sofa and i'm just like did this fucking happen like honestly you're just like you've just literally been through this whirlwind and then i'm just sitting there in silence and i called amos actually like because like when i went on instagram i noticed that they like there was a chat and stuff called amos because i knew he lived near me and i was like bro i need to see you like so seen amos not for a mental health thing just because like you want to be around someone that's been through what you've been through so like i met up with amos had a beer with amos chatted with him like we're really close like it's quite well we're all really close but there's like a few people that i'm really really close to chat to amos and like just wanted to be around someone that's because it's so hard to go back to reality and you can't talk to you don't you're not allowed to talk to anyone because you like in terms of friends and stuff it, like you don't want you're not allowed to because the show in it you're not allowed to tell everyone you've been on a show and stuff because it's going to be a big surprise and that's also only really close friends but they still don't understand no one really understands so like met up with hannah like hannah lives in london so we become like really even more close so we met up a lot and then but i found myself um like i don't know i found it was a real downer and it's not it's it's natural you have a high you have to have a low and i had a low and felt quite down and then i flew off to cyprus for a month to get married and that really cleared my head like it got me back to just being normal again but at the same time i needed to get away with my wife we got married best day of my life and then came back and i was fine got on with work and that sort of stuff but yeah genuinely after the show you it's natural that you're gonna have a natural low man it's it's normal in your brain the chemicals in your brain if you have such a high you're gonna have a low at times um but it's just is it if anything it feels like a dream it felt like a dream like a amazing dream and you're just like so what now can't talk about it don't know when it's going to be aired like do you know what i mean you don't really know what's coming next so you're just like oh now i've got to get on with normal life when i've been treated like a prince like do you know what i mean like they, they treat you so well which is a good thing because that it's good for your mental health they treat you well they feed you well they make sure that you're okay all the time like and then you come home and you're like oh back to back to the grinds back to the rat race you know and it was a it was a big change man but you know taking the time off work and my work's been really supportive actually like because they let me take two long annual leaves like and my job's quite important so they they allowed me to do that um and obviously i got married and that that was brilliant but yeah it really helped being able to get away to cyprus so anybody that anybody that goes on a tv show if anybody applies for traitors next season like do it it's the best experience you'll ever have in your life but make sure you go on holiday straight after <laughs> no i'm joking but you know make sure you've got your family around you like my wife is really supportive don't get me wrong but they don't 
like when my wife watched it on telly, then she realised what I actually went through. Like I could tell her in voice. Like imagine, imagine this, right? You tell someone a really bad time you've been through in your life, right? And they'll empathise, sympathise with you. But imagine being able to show someone what you've actually been through on a on a t imagine like and say look this is how hard it was and then they're like oh i can actually see now you know it's a there's a big difference but yeah yeah it was it was difficult but i had the right people around me and obviously like you can call anyone from the team from studio lambert they like they are honestly like i couldn't even i i, I don't know man like i can't even say i can't put into words how good they are that basically they are amazing like you can call them at any time then you never inconvenience them you can message them they message you like that you're never a back burner for them like they're really really good that's so good to hear and it's so good that like you amos hannah have all got close and there's loads like it makes it easier doesn't it i suppose well we're all like really close anyway all of us like there's not one person in the group i don't think that doesn't get on with certain people. Like everyone keeps saying, let's have a reunion. I'm like, why? It'll be so boring. We all just gush over each other and be like, oh, how I love you. I missed you. You know, like, but there's certain people, like, honestly, me, like, I do a Snapchat show actually with, um, so, you know, an official Snapchat show. I do it with Tom. Um, we've got 100K subscribers, well, just over. Uh, me and Tom, like working together on social media stuff and he he's amazing at what he does like he's a really good friend tom and alex and amos and hannah all of them but they you know you have specific people that you see a bit more because they're closer but yeah even the day of the finals man they were watching the final with me like they came and watched the final with me which was this is there gonna be is, i mean probably about to say but is there gonna be a reunion like televised or anything Honestly, mate, like I'm in the sh we're in the shadows, man. Like I don't at least, at least happen. I think they realised it was it was going to be big, but it hit a, a height where we don't. I don't think anybody knew it was going to go. So you never really know what's in the pipeline. So with us, it's like we'll get an email saying, "Ah, oh, this, this, and this." Like, but we we yeah there's no no confirmation or anything like that or but we we don't know what's what bbc have in the pipeline at the moment but they they're sick man like they got me on bbc radio one man <laughs> greg james you know what i mean like come on greg james i was just like pardon you mean you, what do you mean you want me on the show like now nah, bbc is sick as well and that's not even me just shouting them out because that i'm like i'm not even signed to them like do you know what i mean but they are they've done a good job man they they everyone part of the production yeah they've i don't know man look, look at the tv screen like the, the shots everything like you watch every the music everything you watch on that tv is just amazing man and they did it in such the right way because it could have been so bad like i'm not gonna say anything no 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 i can't i'm not gonna say anything but yeah yeah carol oh I, I even said to my wife you couldn't have picked a better presenter to present the show as well with with claudia's like look her presenting like everything is like the perfect pick i think oh yeah perfect and the thing is it was different for her like you've got to look at like claudia she's playing a like a not a devious role but a role that's very different to what she's done before so it was so like you never know it it, it was like 
because because they asked us who do you think the host would be and do you know who i genuinely thought it was Darren brown i genuinely thought Darren brown would be the host because it's a psychological game show which would have been amazing as well but claudia was perfect like honestly she was perfect like in every way because she loved us too and she knew it was a it was i wouldn't say a risk at all but it was something different for her career and she knew that we were part of that difference and she made us feel like we were important to her which she still does which was nice which is really nice and you can see that like i said like from the challenges like when she came into the breakfast room and even, even around the round table she was like pretty like she and had like a, a character but she's so sympathetic wouldn't she bashed it because what you got to think she knows everything she knows everything and she can't show it do you know what I mean? So when she meets the traitors, she can't show that loads of people have had conversations about certain people. She can't say anything. She can't even insinuate anyone's a traitor on the round table. Like she can't, like now I think back of it, I, I should have just looked at Claudia the whole time to see who, do you know what I mean? If I was a faithful, I would have, but like, do you, do you know what I mean? She, she did really well because she had to keep that all herself man hopefully the welfare team are just as good for her now joking <laughs> but yeah yeah man but yeah she's she's amazing she really is and other than like struggling a little bit on the show and like you, i mean you went through a shitload of stuff on the show like being got like, called out and like yeah just you played a like ridiculously good game um but like it must have taken its time have you other than on the show have you ever suffered with mental ill health before or is, or is it just like bits and pieces on the show uh, do you want to do you want to hear the full story do you want the full... yeah I'll, I'll hear the full story yeah but it's a long one so basically um uh, yeah so when when um so my dad went around at the beginning when i was born can't really talk i don't really want to like i don't sleep my parents like it's not it's not the right thing but um yeah i had a really difficult in. um i lived in liverpool when i was young like really young um dad came back on the scene and i lived with my mum and dad but they were always arguing and fighting and like yeah it was really difficult and there was always back and forth like my mum and dad split up all the time so i was back and forth between liverpool and peterborough and yeah like for me it was it was difficult because there's so many siblings as well we've got so many brothers and sisters well we had it was all brothers then we didn't really have any sisters it was brothers and um and my sister molly was born like my mum and dad were here there and ever i lived in hostels and i lived in places that are not great um but i don't slate my parents because i i believe that sometimes you can get in a toxic relationship and you can love someone but it just might not be right and it was a suffer for me it was hard for me but at the same time, it made me stronger. Um, then I got to, I'd say around 12, 13. Like I was naughty, I was really naughty in school, man. I got excluded, I was like for fighting and like, I think I was angry, I had a lot of anger, but I never really, like this is what I've tried to understand about myself. I still go counseling now, right? And I believe because I wanna be a counselor and I wanna, I wanna counsel people through sports, like young people through sports or, or anyone actually. Um, so. I thought, do you know what? If I want to do this, I need to understand myself. So I, I, I go counselling. I actually had my session at one o'clock today. So um, 
was really happy to tell her that I was coming on a on a podcast that talks about mental health because I was excited. And you know, yeah, I was young, I was angry. Anxiety and depression didn't kick in when I was young. And but like let me ex- explain my my experience. So 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 I was angry. I, I started boxing. My dad was an ex-professional boxer. He's a boxing trainer. Started boxing, did really, really well. Like, got to the final with the national championships. Like, I, I did really, really well. It was a really good way for me to discipline myself and understand that if I fight, I will get in trouble because I'm a licensed boxer. You get in more trouble if you have a fight at school than what you would anyway. But it weren't quite the energy that I needed to release. I think... It was great for discipline and anger release. And then when I got to 15, so I was excluded from school and they built a new school um, called the Voyager. It was a brand new school. It's a performing arts school. So they went from a comprehensive school with no performing arts to a performing arts school. It's really random. And then I walked, I walked down, it was called the street, right? So they had one corridor. So imagine this school, it was one corridor, it's massive. And then had all the like fingers. That's how it was. That's how the so the school, the street was there, and you had English, maths, science, blah blah. blah. But then you had big studios here, big dance studios on the street. So I was walking down there, and yeah, I seen a dance teacher dancing. Emil, he changed my life, man. Like that guy when I seen him dancing, like I was like, yeah, I want, I want to learn this. So I went in there, talked to him. He started teaching me, started guiding me like if i like i never got in trouble ever again once i met him like he he would literally change my life and i was able to express myself in a different way so i was boxing still at the time and then when i started dancing i expressed myself in a way that i couldn't really express myself like in terms of hurt sadness and being able to put that in a physical form um so yeah so like i started dancing I told my dad I didn't want to box anymore. He went a bit mad at first. And then when he watched me perform, and I did street dance, he thought I was going to be a ballet dancer or something. Like, no offence to ballet dancers, but when your dad's a professional, ex-professional boxer, that's not what he wants his son to do, let's be honest. So he seen me perform on stage, like doing street dance for the first time. He came up to me and he said, son, you do what you want. Like, he was really happy when he first watched me. So I, I carried on with dance. And I didn't really have any depression or anything, though. Like, I was expressing myself, but I didn't really understand what was inside me. And then, um, yeah, I got to 17 and my brother passed away. And then, um, yeah, so I got 17 and my brother passed away. And that's what triggered. I feel like he was a trigger. Then I really, like, I got depressed. Um, My anxiety, like... But I went on antidepressants and stuff. Like I was really, I've never been so sad in my life. And I lived with my other brother, Theo. So I went and stayed with him. And, but the antidepressants did the opposite to what they needed. They made me paranoid. They didn't make, I was like a shadow of who I actually was. Um, So I, yeah, I, I, my brother, Theo, seen me taking, like he caught me with, because I didn't tell anybody about how I was really feeling. That I just went to the doctor and said, look, I need help. And they gave me tablets and like no slate to the NHS, but that that's not probably what I needed at the time. Um, so I was on Fluxetin. I got I took them. My brother caught me, seen them, and he said, "You don't need these, bro. You've got me. I'm here for you." And he threw them away. 
and from that day like my brother like Theo is like he's always there man like like yeah and he and then that sort of but like that happened and then when I was young I um so when my mum and dad were going through a lot of tiffs and stuff I lived with my nan most of the time like a lot of the time she was basically like a mum like and then she looked after us all through everything that we went through in my life and then she uh, got really sick so when I, I was in sixth form and yeah I became a carer so like I was doing school coming back taking a toilet feeding her me and Theo we both looked after her and when she died something left my heart like I can't I can't explain it and then I started drinking a lot going out session all the time like drinking and yeah like and I was teaching as well at the time so I started teaching really young I got asked to be a TA in the school I used to go to like you know Emil Emil like I was asked to do like Emil was my dance teacher I got asked to teach at the same school well as a TA unqualified and then they, I was quite good at it so they ended up making me a teacher like an unqualified teacher and I did quite well and yeah through the, and then I lived with my brother at the time and then I, I moved into a, a dark dingy like house share by my with like by myself and then I ran away to London like I was like I need to get away I got offered a really good job job opportunity moved to London and was teaching dance in, in Elstree UTC, which is a brilliant school like for performing arts, which is part of the Elstree um, studio. Then met my wife, man. When I met my wife, uh, Luke, I had a mattress on a floor in a spare room when I met my wife. And my wife was already doing well at teaching and she was already doing well and she still accepted me. Like, and she, yeah, and she was the first real person that I could really open up to and tell <clears throat> everything about my life. And for her to tell me it weren't normal. So I thought my life was normal. Everything that I went through, I was like, oh, it's normal. Brush it off. But I was still upset and depressed. And But then she was like, yeah, what you're telling me is not normal, Will. Like, and just having that person. And then since then, like, since then, my life's been a lot better. I still have dips. I think mental health is something that will never really leave you, especially anxiety. Anxiety is something I suffer from like a lot, more than what I ever thought I would. But the when my when my brother died, that's that's where my anxiety came from. Like I, I never had anxiety. Like I was performing all the time. So when I was a dancer, I was performing all the time, weren't nervous. I was, I would say, borderline arrogant sometimes. I was like, I'm no, I'm good. You know, like I was confident, and and then the anxiety kicks in. And then, yeah, and when I was got with my wife, um, she sort of saved me, man. Like, she's the person I can speak to about every single thing in my life, every negative thing, everything that we've done. And we didn't have the easiest start to our relationship. Like, I don't want to go into that, but it was, it was, it was hard because, yeah, it was, it was just hard for, for both of us. Um, but, yeah, it mental health comes in and out of your life for the rest of life and it's about understanding what you're feeling at them times and my my life is dedicated to all i want to do is if, if i can use this tv stuff to do really well i really want to do well and i, I want to be able to provide for my family so my wife can spend more time with the kids and all this sort of stuff but my main ambition that i won't stop is helping 
everyone but young people are important like i like emil changed my life like he saved my life uh, as such like teaching me to express myself in a different way and i did well in my gcses because of him like so if i can open up opportunities for young people to be able to do that so my aim is to open up a boxing gym with a dance studio attached so they've got different ways of expressing themselves but a social media hub at the back so they can edit videos and have a green screen and have fun and do the things that young people like to do and if i can offer that at a an affordable rate or even free like if it's a charity i don't i don't know how it's going to go there like i'm really close to opening a boxing gym at the moment anyway with my dad um we've already got the place that we're we're taking we're we're going to start the amateur boxing school so we've we're like a month away from starting that i'm already a qualified amateur boxing instructor so i've already done that i'm supposed to start my psychology psychology and counseling course like a uh, degree next month but i'm gonna have to push it back because there's so much at the moment i think it wouldn't be good for my own mental health <laughs> i mean but yeah that's my story man like that's what got me to it to, to where i am and you know i've always been a person that i live on lists so my lists I, i'm i I don't believe in, I believe in manifesting, but you can't manifest unless you actually do. Like a lot of people will say, if I say this so many times, it's going to happen. It isn't unless you beat yourself. And it's about beating yourself sometimes. Like you're your own worst enemy. You know what I mean? So, and that's what I've had to deal with a lot of my life is that I'm the, I've done, I, I think I've done well in my life. Like I can I came from nothing and I, like, I bought a house in London. I've, um, I do have a good job and I've, I've done well. And, you know, I, I want to be able to help other people realize that you can come from nothing. But I don't want to be, um, it sounds really bad, but I don't, I'm, uh, I kind of don't know if it's that. I don't want to be a white savior figure. Like, that's not me. Do you know what I mean? I want, like, it has to be real, man. Like, I'm not about doing this shit for telly like doing this shit for tv and like yeah i'm gonna do this and this and then just forgetting about it and doing your own thing like this is something that i'll, I'll work towards for the rest of my life like it really is mate like honestly from from turning yourself around to what what you could have been to what you are now like uh, well done like firstly well done because that's that's amazing but also like your wife sounds amazing and she yeah. sounds she sounds like my wife because I, I i kind of had that not epiphany but probably the same sort of conversation that it seems like you did um i can relate to that which I've, I've not been able to do with anybody before which is odd um but how did how did you feel when she she kind of like brought that up with you when she said oh your life's not normal how did it make you feel vulnerable and like as a man i know this is like it's not a gender thing all the time but we have men have um you it's, it's science scientifically proven that men want to be strong and when we're vulnerable it's not it's not easy um and she made me feel vulnerable but okay to be vulnerable at the same time because she comforted me in that moment and she always has like she understands what i've gone through um yeah so so at that time i felt vulnerable but okay to be vulnerable and the first time i actually felt okay to be vulnerable even in front of my brother 
like when my brother told me to get like threw away the antidepressants he was like you've got me still my brother and he's still older than me and he's still like a man and a, you, you know like a, my brother's like a boxer as well and like I could never open up about certain things to him like how I'm feeling and stuff I, I like he'd let me he'd let me but at the same time you're like I didn't want to seem vulnerable to my my siblings because I, I don't be honest with you i don't want to be vulnerable to anyone like i want i want to be seen as a strong individual so i can push through my career push through everything that i'm doing but sometimes it's not a weakness it's a strength to be vulnerable it's to show that you are a normal person and like a lot of the people i work with like because i'm like i manage a lot of people some of that they feel so open to come to me to talk about mental health because i'm so open about it like and i'm so honest with them i'm so I'm not, like the way I deal with my own mental health now is by being really open about it. Like, yeah, I went through this. I went through. I'm not scared to talk about it, and that's something that makes other people around me feel strong but vulnerable. If that that if you understand what I mean, like they feel like they can talk about it when they want. They're not. They don't feel like I'll ever judge. I don't. I can't judge anyone because I know what I've been through in my life and I know what I've done in my life. So I. I only judge people that judge people. I don't like people that judge people without without substance, right? So I, yeah, that's just me, man. Like, I don't ever judge anyone. I don't care what background they're from. I don't care if, they, if they're a good person. Like, I'd be, um, I never hate anyone, man. I, I really don't. Apart from the Tory government, like, <laughs> like, they're probably the only people I hate because I see my friends struggling like i've got a lot of friends in liverpool and they're destroying north man like so, so for me like yeah but you know it takes a lot for me to hate someone like i i can dislike people and stuff but i'll always try to see the best in people and that's just who i am because who am i to judge man like i i ain't no one do you know what i mean when you say about like people come to you to talk about their mental health and then because you've been so open that's if everybody was like that the yeah. world would be such a better place. Like everybody be in such a better headspace. Everybody be really open and honest with each other about how they're actually feeling, and the support would be there. And I think, like more people, it's, it's you've got to allow yourself to be vulnerable, like you've been, and like to to mix them what I've been, and just open up and be like, look, this is who I am. Like, and I think I think the key people are really important. So if you're seen, like let's if you get into a status where you have a lot of followers or or you're like for, like Tyson Fury heavyweight champion of the world right this and that, and everyone says i oh, like um, a lot of people slag him off cuz he was on drugs and stuff and you're like what made him go there though do you know what i mean like when you're stuck in that cycle like it's not easy do you know what i mean like so when you've got people of caliber not caliber that's the wrong word but of, of status who are doing well and stuff who can open up it's just going to make so many more people open up so it's like like i'm quite lucky i i did this tv show and it's opened up so many opportunities for me like i've i can reach a lot more people and that that's why i was so excited to do this podcast because it's like i want people to know like I, I want to use what i have to be able to reach people and let people feel really open and honest about how they're feeling because sometimes speaking to a stranger is just as good than speaking to someone that's close 
And the thing is as well, like it is because you don't to, to us speaking now, yeah, you, you you've not judged me for who I am, what I've said, and and it's just, it's the same with you. It's just... And it's important. Like I think speaking about mental health, man, like and it's a new thing. It, it everyone said, Oh, it's been around for like mental health like problems are have been around for years, right? And we've been identifying them for really and talking about them for I've I've say the last five, five to ten years max. That's still new, bro. Ten years is not a long time. Like we've still got a long way to go, man. Like a really long way. Uh but people are talking about it and people are supporting each other. And like I'm at the moment I'm talking to a guy who works for a male suicide charity and like i'm really invested in that i want to do some challenges like free peaks and stuff to you know i think every everyone's mental health is really important but like in terms of like male suicides and stuff it's it, it hurts my feelings because i don't know man like you know what my, my, my brother passed away right when he passed away I was convinced that I would, he, he died at 27, right? So I was convinced that I was going to die at 27. I was convinced. And if I wasn't, I'd have to end my life. Like that's, I promise, I swear that's at one point when I was really depressed, I was like, I can never be older than my older brother. It just doesn't make sense. Do you know what I mean? It just doesn't make sense. How can I be older than him? And then when I turned 27, like it was a really, really, and that was only two, three years ago. Like it was a, it was a difficult year because I was like, oh my God, like I'm the age my brother passed away. Like I, I shouldn't be getting through this year, but I did. Obviously I've got kids and stuff. So I like, but I still struggled. But when I hit 28, I knew he'd be proud of me. Like, do you know what I mean? So I think, yeah, it's, it's important that we're making these steps. It's, it's good to talk in it. It's good to talk. Yeah, always good to talk, man. Always. Like, if you're out there, like, man, it like, I've phoned Samaritans. Like, I, like, of course I have. Like, we've, I've been through so much in my life. Like, I've only been able to tell PG version, really, because, like, I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't like talking. I can only talk to my counsellor about what really happened in my life because that's, the safety blanket for everyone else do you know what i mean so but yeah it was difficult man but you know i've, I've able i've been able to do do everything i've got because i've got a really good family support network around me but it's good mate i, I really appreciate you being so open like i i didn't expect <laughs> to have this conversation it's like yeah I, i've it's made me feel better like in terms of like that we've so it sounds stupid that we just talked about it it's just it's, it's it's great like i said i'm really open about stuff really really open about like my life um and stuff like that i'm just i just am because i feel like the more i'm open about it the more people would feel comfortable being open about theirs and that's that's part of the fucking problem bro people like me getting told by my wife your life's not normal like, do you know what I mean? Made me realise, fucking hell, yeah, I'm not, that's, but I know, I went to, like, seven different, seven to nine different primary schools when I was young, right? So, when I talked to my counsellor, she was like, that's why you're so good at talking to people, because that's all you, 
you you've been to so many different places you had to make friends so quickly like i had to make friends quickly i had to do this quickly i had to do you know what i mean so that's what but that's something that i've turned into a strength like it's a strength of mine like i went into that castle and within a day i was i knew everyone i was speaking to everyone do you know what i mean like it's it's you can always turn the negatives into positives and if you keep the negative they will always be this little niggle in your mind this little niggling feeling you know like an itch that you can't scratch that that will be unless you can try and turn it and swing it into a positive way that's the only way we're gonna really that in my my opinion like i'm not qualified like i'm not a qualified yeah yet but that's what i believe i don't think you'll ever be cured of your depression anxiety i think it's something it's a like it's a chemical imbalance in your brain sometimes sometimes it's it's just the way you're going to feel and like i said earlier it's about harnessing knowing that you're feeling that because it's something's not right so for me like my escape like is gym spending time with my kids and my family sometimes you don't want to like i'm the most sociable person you'll ever meet in your life right i love being around people because it makes me happy but sometimes i don't want to speak to anyone like but then you have to like sometimes you have to force yourself because then you put yourself in a happy environment that you are happy and it's not like, i always look at robin williams right and i always like lately i've been comparing myself to him because i bring a lot of people joy around me but then when i'm then sometimes i can be alone and be really sad but sometimes like, i've realized being alone is just something I don't like. Like I just don't like because I spent so many times in the hostels by myself and stuff when I was young, when I was a child. So I know it's not it's not really how I'm feeling at that time. It, it's the I'm going back to something that's a childhood trauma. Do you know what I mean? So it's like you need to put yourself in the surroundings that you know that can make you happy. And about boosting your endorphins in a positive way, man, like getting happy from like going gym man i like i go gym i feel amazing after like even though i've sometimes like i only went back to the gym this this week fully properly and i'm dying but i love it do you know what i mean i'd be so surprised how much exercise can help like it's not about weight loss it's not about anything else it's about just getting your sweat on having a laugh with yourself just do you know what i mean but like even like at the moment i like i stopped gaming for a long time I gave with my mates to be a bit more sociable if I'm if I need to. It helps, honestly. And like for me at the moment, my life's gone crazy, right? Where you start thinking, oh, like I need my real friends around me. So and my friends live far away. My friends live in Liverpool and live in like my best friend lives in Sheffield. Like Bestwick, shout out to Bestwick. His name's Jonathan Bestwick, but I call him Bestwick. Um yeah, he he lived in Sheffield, so I don't really see him, but we game and we talk on the phone and I don't know, it's about for me, mental health and struggle mental struggles are about really trying to identify what make what can defeat these feelings and not letting the feelings take over, man. But sometimes, like I said, if it's a bit of sadness, it's not bad to be sad, but when it takes over your natural life when it takes over work when it takes over getting up in the morning when it takes yeah you you want to lay in bed and stuff like that you it's it's and it's so easy for me to say just get out like it's so easy for 
someone to go don't be anxious it's like okay yeah okay then i'll just i'll just take this balloon that sits there that's what i see i feel like it's a ball here like an anxiety is like a a ball here or a balloon and you can't get rid of it and you know you can't take that real that breath you can't take that breath you know that it's so easy for people to say that but like i'm not perfect i i still suffer with it i can't say i have the solutions to everyone's problems at all i'm still learning about myself still as well so i'm still learning about and now i have to i've gone into this crazy world of fa fame and this sort of thing like i have to learn again like i have to now reteach myself of what's good for me what's not good for me so i know going out at every open even in the little west end getting drunk is not good for me do you know what i mean like you've like we get invited to everything like but i know going to one a week two weeks not that bad one a week but if i'm going all the time like it's i know alcohol is a depressant it's going to make me feel depressed in the end so it's about really harnessing and trying to trying to identify and being like talking to a professional as well man like i'm like man i i still like i'm not ashamed to say i speak to a counselor my counselor is amazing like i spoke to her at one o'clock today i was talking about this i was nervous about this a bit and she's like D listen you know what you want to do like you know you don't have all the solutions but you have some answers that might help help you other people you know and that's why i was so excited to come on here right you don't there's no need to be scared to come in here because i'm i'm the one that's shitting my pants usually because i'm always like oh shit <laughs> but like you've made like you make me feel comfortable like do you know what i mean you've not been like i've been on podcasts where they're so intense it's not about mental health but not some podcasts you go on they're quite intense and you're like oh my god like you're you're doing really well the way you present yourself and speak you're really open it's really nice man you should be proud of yourself it's like you're doing really well and honestly like you've made me feel comfortable and at ease and being able to talk to you on a level it's nice thanks man i really appreciate that it's because like, I, I i say this to pretty much everybody but i i'm unlike you i find speaking hard so yeah the, the reason i started doing this was to put myself out of my comfort zone really yeah oh yeah, my yeah. you threw me off then like really like you really confident man and the thing is you're like i've been in podcasts with people that have been doing podcasts for ages right and they constantly look at their notes to ask their questions and blah, like like you just seem really natural man like I, I wouldn't expect that but i rate you i rate you man you're thanks man you're doing your thing man i've i mean i've got questions here but Go then on. oh no no but based on i'd rather speak to you about what you've said rather yeah. than sh shitty questions do you know what i mean like i, I can't like, i'm not going to go to questions there but i'm just like yeah i get that. i'm, I'm so long man sorry man <laughs> I've ruined no, your no, no no you haven't you haven't took like honestly like i they're just like a safe, safety blanket if if like got any more questions like anything that you so what one thing i've got down is you touched on actually it's interesting because you said that you you've, you've got your happy places what yeah. is your your happiest place in the world my happiest place in the world spooning my wife like uh, it sounds like like you know when we're in bed and she's not sex or anything like just holding my wife it makes her feel safe and me feel safe at the same time like nothing else matters really mate we're so similar <laughs> that's my that, I, I say 
or like yeah that that that's my safe place or sometimes when my wife gets up for work and I get up later because I'm working from home and she goes off to get my oldest daughter ready for school and Ariella my youngest is laying in bed but she's awake and I go give dad give daddy squeeze and she'll just hold me and squeeze me that's my safe place too that that them them places like and even when my older daughter puts her around she always puts her arm around me and like strokes my beard like when we're watching telly that's a safe place but yeah there's yeah for me it's like real humble places that make you feel do you know what if all of this shit went if i if i lost everything as long as i have these people it doesn't really matter um they're my safe places what about you tell what's your safe place so i mine's very very similar which is scary but it's it's when when i hug my wife yeah so weird isn't it it's mad it's it's like i feel like we've got like we're completely different people and like you're pretty confident speaking i'm not and we come from completely different backgrounds but you, you get so many similarities it's scary yeah. <laughs> like it doesn't matter where you come from like when i when i look at mental health this is why i never categorize mental health in terms of like i want to help young people but at the same time anybody i want to help anyone because when you look at people with money they have their issues people with no money have these people who are middle class have their issues you know people everyone at different places in their life what they're brought into will have their own struggles so there's mental health issues and problems are, are are everywhere man everywhere and yeah i hate this fucking man up fucking say man up shit that's what that's what my family used to be like years ago just man up like oh, fuck off man <laughs> i mean i hate that shit man man up yeah okay then uh but yeah man it's um it's 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 weird but cool at the same time that people have these same feelings and we live in such a judgmental, strange world now compared to years ago. Like, we're, we're exposed to so much more. Like, I can't... Like, how old are you, man? If you don't mind me asking. I'm 33. Yeah, so I'm 29, right? Could you imagine being in secondary school with all the social media that's going on now? Fuck that, mate. Like, nah, not for me. Nah, man. It just sounds like... It sounds horrific. Like I'm so scared of my kids getting insane. Like, I'm like, ah, oh, nah, man. I'm moving to Cyprus, man. Fuck this. Like it's probably worse there. No, I don't know. I don't know. But yeah, man. It's a, like, imagine having all that social media, bro. Like we we were sending shit on infrared and Bluetooth. Remember, we were yeah. sending, Bluetooth, and that was imagine sending photos. Like I I can imagine bullies taking pictures of people and sending them on group chats. And like I just imagine that, and I'm like, nah. They they've got it hard, man. Young people have got it hard. Like there's so much they're exposed to so much more than what we were. I think like MSN was was around when I was in just like in like year eight, and MSN was hard enough. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, imagine. Yeah, yeah. Now, but yes, yeah, mad. It's a scary world, but yeah. so I've, I've got. I've got one question and I've got like a little little quick fire round if, if oh, that's alright. Yeah, I love a quick fire round. Go on and so the the first the, what the one before that is if there's one piece of advice you'd give to the listener of this podcast that's listening to this right now about mental health, what would it be? Ooh. Understand that it's okay. 
like it's normal like one in three people suffer from mental health issues like one in three people I've, i'm pretty sure it's more than that but that's just that like it's okay it's okay like you don't have to be embarrassed man like if you get on a bus there's 60 people on the bus a third of them people have, have felt what you're feeling that's 20 20 people have feel it felt what you're feeling it doesn't matter and if people do judge you they they're i was gonna say C-U-S-D, but they, they are like <laughs> sorry sorry but yeah man just be open about it just honestly like it's the best thing find someone that you really can and if do you know what I say? Find someone that you can really trust and talk to. But at the same time, there's people that you don't even need to know, like Samaritans and there's other charities out there you can call and they ain't there to judge you. They're there because they've been through the same as you, like a lot of them. So, yeah, just be open and willing to talk. I know it's hard, but just do it. Just do it. I promise you it will change your life. I promise you. Cats or dogs? Dogs. Plan or head or take take each stage that comes. Oh, plan! Oh, it's the plan ahead. Phone call or a message. Phone call. Walk on the beach or climb a mountain. Walk on a beach. Good book or film. Film. A thoughtful message or a nice unexpected gift. Thoughtful message. And money or happiness happiness that's it yeah do you know what that walk on the beach one man that like, it's different because if i was if i was single matt it'll be climbing a mountain but like walking on the beach with my wife man is the best thing ever so it's a, it's a weird one but yeah it's um yeah i like that i like that round that was fun i've i do it every series but i've changed i try and change it up so it's a bit more like yeah different. yeah <laughs> they're good I'm, man Thank you so much for this, mate. It's been um, it's been a been a lovely conversation. Hopefully, it's all right, man. Like, I, I I don't know. Like, I'm still getting used to this this thing, but hopefully, I didn't bore bore listeners too much with my my life. But well, honestly, like personally, I've had about hundred guests on here now, and you're one of my favourite. Like, purely because like you've been so open, I, I can resonate with you. People listen to this to be able to resonate. So, thank you, man. Hope it brings some some good, man. I really do. But honestly, Luke, you're a legend, man. You're you're doing you're doing really good things. And you too. Thank you, mate. Thank you, man. I appreciate that. Thanks, Cheers. mate. Speak soon. Bye, mate. Bye, 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 bye. Later. That's alright, wasn't it? That's a good little chat. <laughs> Thanks to Will for coming on the show. Honestly, what a lovely guy. What a lovely, lovely guy. And thanks, Will, for being so open. I I know I said it on the show when we were talking, but um that I think will help quite a few people. Like and like I say, if it helps just one person, then that's that's a bonus. But if you were affected by any topics from that particular episode or if you are suffering with a mental illness then there is help available there's lots of help available out there if you click on the link 
in the podcast notes. It will take you to the NHS website with lots of helpful kind of contact numbers, tips, hints, coping mechanisms. Help is available, so please, please do search for it if, if you are in need. These episodes will now be out on a fortnightly basis. I'm going to give myself a bit of a break, I guess, in between each of the episodes because in all of the other series, I put myself under a lot of pressure in putting these out every week and it got to that point where I wasn't putting them out every week and I sort of made myself feel bad for it. So what I'm going to do this series is put them out every two weeks, give myself that little break in between because obviously I book all the guests in, I record them, I'll edit them, put them out for you guys, for you listening, and then promote them. And I do a full-time job alongside all of this, so I think for my own sanity, I'm going to be doing these every fortnight now. And if I put something else out in between, I might do a few little bonus episodes um, on, on the Mondays in between, but I'm not going to promise anything. But I will be putting the celebrity ones out every fortnight because I think that'll work a lot better for my for my life and for my mental health and that's what you've got to think about at the end of the day isn't it let's just see how life is and see how I get on but that's it for me this week I'm now gonna go to the gym and go for a little swim at the gym because I've not done any exercise other than a little park run yesterday this weekend so have a lovely lovely week and I'll catch you in a couple of weeks time See you later.